Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Now today we're talking about the influences of social media. Now, it has become a huge part of our lives. From the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, most of us, many of us sadly, are scrolling, messaging, uh, liking content. But what impacts can social media have towards us, let alone our children? Well, in today's episode, I welcome back the amazing Bailey Parnell, who is the founder of Skills Camp. And she's going to chat to us about the influences of social media and how you know it impacts our children, both positively and negatively, and what we can do to teach our children to harness its power for good. Let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So Bailey, tell me, social media has become such a huge part of our society. We spoke about this some time ago, but I guess lots has changed. We've got so many new platforms mm-hmm. uh, that I guess us as adults are interacting with, but also children. But I guess mm-hmm. as a parent, it's such a worry um, to make sure that our children are interacting safely online. So how can we how can we make sure that's happening without you know making them not part of something that all their friends are part of, I guess. I know it's definitely one of the top worries right now for parents. And I think one of the reasons for that is that they are starting to know and see that it's a risky behavior. And hopefully I'd like to think that my work is contributing to that, that this is a risky behavior like sex or drugs or alcohol, but they are starting to see this, but they don't understand it in quite the same way because they themselves didn't grow up with it for the most part right now. It's just kind of a weird time in history where parents and educators did not grow up with social media themselves. So it's really presenting as one of those sort of leading concerns for parents. And I suppose I'm a bit biased in that those parents come to me because of that concern. But um, there are a lot of things we can do. The very first thing you can do is go to my organization, safesocialmedia.co, and there is a full parents page there with a full document called how to have the talk about social media. So it includes things like how to have the talk about really other risky behaviors, like, for example, answering their questions. If they're going to ask you things like, well, you know, why is, um, you know, Aunt Jo always allowed to be on her phone? And then actually not, instead of shutting those questions down, engaging with it and saying, you know, Aunt Jo is 30 years old. And when she comes over, she is on her phone, but you'll notice that she puts her phone away for dinner and she's an adult. So she's allowed to engage with social media how she wants. And it seems like such a small thing because it's maybe this sassy teenager giving you the question, why can't I be on social media? But the way you actually respond to these is going to show them sort of what's okay, what's normal. If uh, something happens at school and they say, oh my gosh, this kid, um, you know, flashed all the girls and he put it on social media, which was just something that happened in a workshop a couple of weeks ago. You know, do you respond to that and say, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing ever. And that kid deserves to be punished. And even if you're thinking that, I would understand, but, but it might tell your kid that, okay, that's definitely off limits, not something you can talk about. Whereas if you said maybe something like, 
well, why do you think he did that? Or how did you respond? Or did anybody respond in a way that you respected? Or all of these kinds of questions, you at least open up the dialogue. So those are just two of the tips, which is answering the questions and really not shutting down conversation that are part of that parents page. Yeah, because it's such a challenge because I guess, especially with the rise of fame from putting everything on social media, um, it's definitely increasing their risk-taking behaviors. You're absolutely right. And the thing is with teenagers in particular, uh, they're at a very, very normal stage of life, unfortunately for parents, where one is pretty normal in terms of social psychological development to go outside the home to start comparing yourself as a means of understanding your identity. That usually starts around puberty. So between 11 to 17 and really between 11 to 25. And at the very same time, though they don't want to hear this, their brains are quite literally not done growing until they're 25. And they, um, some would say that it's growing at the same rate that it does as a toddler and that the risk part of the brain is actually in development and harmed, uh, not necessarily harmed, but reduced when they're a teenager. So all of this put together and you have the very normal stage of life where they compare themselves all the time. This happened long before social media, except now they're doing it um, online all the time. It doesn't turn off. There's no end of day. It's directly tied to you and it's quantified for everyone to see. There's no commercial break. Their brain is not fully developed in the same way as a parent's might be. So they might, the parent might be looking and really feeling like, why can't you just get your head out of your phone? Like, who cares if they don't like your photo? And really a parent might be there feeling that truly, but that's because they likely, just based on history, got on social media at a time where they were already more self-actualized. They, just based on the time of history, already got on social media when they knew what their interests were, who their friends were, they got rid of those friends they didn't like from high school. And so they created a space for themselves naturally that was more supporting of their mental health than, than I suppose um, taking away from it. So I really have a lot of empathy for, for teens these days. It's a hard stage of life already. And then you add this thing called social media and without the right support, it can be pretty detrimental. So how can we harness its power for good then? Because obviously it's a bit, you know, you, you see the mental health in, in our teenagers getting worse, I believe. Um, well, how can we support these kids? What are the benefits of having the social media and what are yeah. the dangers, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that is really the question. I'm so glad you asked because even though I just spent most of this so far talking about the potential dangers and what could go wrong, I actually still really love social media and I gain a lot of the benefits. And when I did my research um, with, with young women in particular, what I found was that 100% of my participants, as well as everyone I talked to anecdotally, has positive experiences on social media. I mean, there's still a reason why we joined in the first place and there's a reason why we're there. And so literally 100% of them gave positive experiences like they learn from others or they feel inspired or they feel motivated sometimes or they get to connect with people and find communities that they never would have been able to access. Particularly if you have, um, if you are a woman, a person of color, if you are experiencing, if you're a minority of any kind, really, you're able to find a really strong community online. And that wasn't able to be done in the same way before. 
I'm able to get business from social media. I build my personal brand there. Like this list goes on and on of the good side of social media as well. And so the, the big part of my work is how do we mitigate the risk and get more of that benefit? How do we practice safe social if abstinence is not an option for some of these kids who don't want to be off? Really, I'd be laughed out of the classroom if I just went into a high school and said, everybody get off social media. So I think that I'm so glad that you've asked about the positive. And I think that what parents need to do is not be afraid of it. That's what I've been seeing a lot of recently. So maybe this is top of mind for me that they see all the bad stories on social media as well. And that's fair because that's what I saw that got me into this research as well. And they see the news articles coming out about the depression and, and it is not great right now, but I really believe that it's not great because there's not an education about safe social and because people are not practicing safe social. And, and what that means is um, that they don't have an understanding, which is my step one in the steps towards safe social, that they don't have awareness and understanding about even maybe what could go wrong here. It's like drinking without understanding any of the risks to your brain, body, and self. Um, it's once you understand the, and you know what could go wrong here and you know what could go right, then it's going to step two, which is moderating your consumption and actually thinking through, you know, what makes me feel good here? And what do I actually want in my feed? I mean, when I go through my feed, do I honestly leave having learned something, been, been inspired, been motivated, all those good things we talked about? Did, did that actually happen? And if it didn't happen, how do I change that experience? Because there is a lot of control that people forget that they have. Now for parents, of course, um, my recommendation is that teenagers are not always going to be able to do this for themselves, just as they aren't in any other realm of their life. And maybe I shouldn't just say teenagers because they're getting online as young as, you know, nine to 11 years old, but they might need you to walk them through these questions that might seem obvious to you. That might seem like don't follow people you don't like. Well, they might be following that kid because they're afraid of the social repercussions if they don't. So maybe teach them, you know, how to mute somebody or how to, you know, overwhelm your feed with more, more positives. Step three would be building the offline soft skills, which was shown in my research to be the overwhelmingly most important thing, because what actually happened in my research, and this is an almost direct quote, was that, well, first, when I went into my research, I thought that I would find a much more explicit correlation between time on social media and the rising levels of anxiety and depression. And what I actually found was no consistency in the research out there. And some said, yes, there's an issue. Some said, no, there's not. Some said that the exact opposite that time on social media improved the mental health of their participants, as I believe we talked about last time. And so what always proved true was that when there was a mediating variable in the middle, like I feel good or, or, or I compare myself more, sorry, or I feel envy more, I feel jealousy more, then it was always a bad situation. And this is the almost direct quote from my uh, participants. It sounded like this. If I went to the gym that day and I feel good, I go on Instagram and I see the fitness models and I think hashtag goals. But if I didn't and I feel dusty, I go on Instagram and I see them and I think I hate my life. So that was super interesting and important for parents to know, to teach their, to teach their young ones because not only do two different people react totally differently to the same content, but the same person could react differently to the same piece of content in two different hours based on how they were feeling at time of use. So 
what a simple thing to teach your to teach your kids over and over again. You're the voice in their head saying, if you're feeling off, if you're feeling down, that is not the time to go on social media unless you know for darn sure that you've made it a really positive place. Such a great point because it is one of those things that I think even as adults we we feel, and I think we spoke about that last time as well. It's just so important for for children and for adults for our mental health that we are seeing more positive than negative. You're so you're so right. And step four, funny enough, is actually modeling good behavior or leading by example. And this one is the one I work with parents sort of most on, or the one that comes up with questions because. We're, we are in this weird phase of history, I believe, where we're defining what is normal here in this space. It's really not that old, and we don't have the 50-year-olds yet that went through puberty with social media. So we're defining right now what's normal in this space, and that includes two sides of the equation. The first is what you actually post. Like, what is okay to put online? What is okay to share without someone's consent? Um, and are you complaining and spreading hate and uh, maybe harmful opinions on social media all the time, but then also complaining that it's a toxic place? You know, is it at least possible that you're contributing to the toxicity and that your kids and other kids are seeing that as what's normal here? And the other side of the equation for parents to remember, what's maybe even more important, is our relationship with our mobile devices and social media use, because even though you might be at the dinner table and you don't want your kid on social media at the dinner table, have you been on email on your phone the whole dinner? And even though you, you might be doing something that's really important paying for the future of your kid's life, they might not know that. And I have had parents say to me straight up, my four-year-old came to me and said, mom, why are you on your phone? Stop, pay attention to me. And so though they didn't realize it at the time, they're absolutely modeling behavior. Are you saying things like kids, oh my gosh, they can't get their head out of their phones these days, but you've been documenting their entire life on Facebook. Is it at least possible that you contributed or modeled this behavior for them? So these are the kinds of things I hope that uh, parents, and not just parents really actually, I think it, as an adult, that comes with some responsibility and the power of being an adult. And, and we do, and we are, modeling what is okay for the next generation on social media yeah it is it's a real challenge because i've just sent my eldest to high school and he's like mom all the kids have mobile phones um mm -hmm. but he doesn't want one and i'm like cool um but i know that it will get to a point where he will want one but he's noticing that after school they're not allowed to use them during school hours but after school all the kids are just slouched over looking at this phone not talking to each other and um mm -hmm. i think they are getting those model behaviors, but some kids are sort of recognizing that it's not such a good thing that, you know, we could be sitting here chatting, but instead we're looking at this screen. And, you know, I think it is having those boundaries around dinner time and, and those special times where you are modeling good behaviors. You're not using your phone in bed and things like that yourself if you're not wanting your kids to. Yeah, it, it, it sucks sometimes for sure, but I suppose that I would recommend parents think about this as a hard part of parenting like other risky behaviors because we define a risky behavior in psychology, by the way, as something where pretty simply when you participate, you expose yourself to potential harm. So other risky behaviors are sex, drugs, alcohol, that sort. But we know for absolute sure now that you do expose yourself to potential harm on social media. And so it really should be classified as a risky behavior. We've gone through a bunch of the harmful things that can happen. 
I mean, stress, frustration, fatigue, lost productivity, harassment, like you could go on forever and ever. So it's a risky behavior. And unfortunately, parenting those risky behaviors is a diff- probably the most difficult part of parenting because you want to have a drink and you want to maybe party with your friends and do all these things, but you also then become a parent and kind of have to think, all right, well, what do I want my kid to see? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of the same on social media. It is. It, yeah. It's, it's a, one of the beautiful things about being a parent is being a model, but one of the hard things about being a parent is being a model. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Oh. So how do we know then if our child is being negatively impacted by social media? It's a, it's a great question. And I unfortunately think this is, if they're being negatively impacted by social media, I think the real way you're going to find out about this is if you have an open dialogue with your kid. And the reason why I say that that's not maybe the most helpful answer is that that is also the case with every other risky behavior. If you've said things to them like you are not allowed on social media and I don't care at all, even though I know that a lot of the teenagers I work with, if their parents say they're not allowed social media, they just went and made an account on their friend's phone and they went and made a Finsta or a fake Instagram account and they found a way to be there anyway. And in a weird way, that kind of sounds like that sounds like drinking or safe sex conversations or all of these things that we don't really want to talk about as parents, but if they want to, in my experience, from the words of the mouths of teenagers themselves, they will find a way. So I think what would be healthier then is safe social conversations early that that include things like setting clear expectations from the jump. Maybe at nine years old, you say something like, you're not allowed on social media until you're 14. Maybe that's the expectation, but maybe when they get to 12, you say, you know, I know a lot of your friends are maybe getting on social media, but it's my job to keep you safe and healthy. And you can always talk to me and ask me about things. Maybe at 14, you start saying things like, yeah, you can have an account. These are the accounts that you can have, but you know, I'm, I have to be following you and uh, we're going to have to talk and we're going to have lots of conversations about um, if this, if you're harassed in your DMs, you know, you come tell me and we're, we're going to work it out together because this is something that might happen here. Just so you know, this is a potential risk that might happen here. Just the same as, you know, when I was in high school and I was, you know, 16, 17, my mom knew that I was going to find liquor if I wanted to find liquor. And you better believe that they said to me, if anything ever happens, you know, you're not allowed, I'm not going to give it to you. You're not allowed on my roof, but if anything ever happens, call me right away, you won't be in trouble. So that's the kind of conversations that I think would also be pretty liberating for a young kid on social media. They're not allowed to have an account, but now they're being cyberbullied. How do they go to their parents? Maybe if they'd had a conversation ahead of time, you know, in the way that I had just demonstrated for you, then they would feel a bit more comfortable. And so I suppose even if you're listening right now and you have like a six-year-old, you are starting to model these conversations. You are, they're going to hear you talk about social media. I know that my nieces and nephews, they hear their mom talk to me about it. So it's definitely in their vernacular and it's, and they learn pretty early, which is surprising. So I hope that's all talking about it. They're all talking about, oh, this friend saw this on TikTok and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't have Mm -hmm. it, they're all talking about it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So are there any guidelines then that we should be establishing for healthy social media use? 
Yes. If, if I were a parent, and I know that creating the guidelines and policing the guidelines are two different parts of parenting, but you know, you, I knew as a kid what my parents believed was okay and which wasn't okay. And I knew when I was breaking the rules, even if I didn't, I didn't break that many or, or, or I didn't break many, but um, I would say um, if your kid is, if you know that your kid is not a confident kid, if you know that they've been bullied in the past, I would try to keep them kind of off social media longer. Or if I were going to let them on, because there is social consequences for young people for not being on. And if it's going to be made worse, then I would have all of the conversations that we're having here. <laughs> like I would be just, and I am with my nieces, you know, I'm saying things like, it's normal for people to compare themselves. So I don't want you to follow people that are fake or that are editing all their photos that are not real because it's gonna stay in your brain. And so we'll have these kind of open conversations, but then even if I'm the annoying aunt, you know, they're, they're, they are gonna see these photos and they are gonna remember my voice in their head saying a lot of this stuff isn't real. A lot of this stuff is facilitated. That not that a content creator doesn't just, you know, go like this and suddenly have not a single divot in their skin, like all these kinds of stuff. So I would say that guidelines in terms of age, the more confident is the more confident your kid is, the better um, they will be better off online because the offline soft skills translate online overwhelmingly. Certainly you need to mandate offline time. Um, the, the, the best, you know, if you can get your kids in any kind of offline hobby that will stay with them through life, it doesn't sound like it relates to safe social, but it will make their experience better because um, how they felt offline and the things they have going on for them in their real life absolutely translates to how they experience social media. Make sure you talk, talk to them about privacy, make sure that um, um, you teach your kids not to be a cyber bully. So the other side of the equation too, not, not just if things are happening to them, but we have lots of bullying conversations in school, but maybe they don't have the conversations yet about what does it mean to be a cyber bully? And are you leaving people out online because that's still bullying? And do you know that you're leaving them out of the Instagram chat because that's still bullying? And um, you know, do they know how to say no? Um, many, many parents teach their kids how to just to obey authority, but do they know, which is actually kind of funny because then do the teenagers know how to say no when their peers are the authority figure? Mm. And when their peers are like, let's just put this on social media, who cares? Let's just do it. And do they know how to say no to them or have they just been taught to obey authority figures yet the peer is taking on the authority role? So all of this is covered. I have a very handy document for everybody called having the talk about social media. And all of this is covered in there. It's a quick kind of two page read. Yeah, definitely something all parents should go and have a look at. So your website, Bailey, is? It's safesocialmedia.co and there's a parents page there and you can follow us at safesocialmedia.co on Instagram and everywhere, hopefully the good side of social media. And it's kind of fun because since the last time we talked, I actually got some time through the pandemic to launch this organization. So I'm really glad to be back here. It's so exciting. You've got so many great uh, tips and hints for all us parents because we're all navigating this. Um, we're the first, we can't ask our parents how to, how to get through this. So um, people like you are certainly making our lives a lot easier. So thank you so much for all your research, 
all your hard work in uh, pulling it together so that you can help us navigate this difficult time because it is social media is great when used correctly um, but you know I guess us parents we want to bubble wrap our kids and make sure that we give them the best childhoods we possibly can and um, you know that whole responsible use of social media is such a great message so thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. And we found each other on social media, so it must be doing something right for us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's plenty of good stuff out there. <laughs> if you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Well, we learned a lot today. We learned the three steps to safe social. So just to remind you, number one was to understand and be aware of the risks social media can have upon you. Number two was moderating your consumption of social media. So you've got to think about what you want on your social media feed. Do you leave social media having learned something, been inspired or motivated? Because if not, then how can you change that experience? You need to fix it so that you do get a more positive experience from looking at your news feed. Uh, now, teenagers aren't always going to be able to do this for themselves, so you may need to walk them through these questions that might seem obvious to you. So we need to teach them how to fill their feed with more positive interactions because it's really important to teach our kids that if they are feeling off or down, that it's not the time to go on social media. And the last one was modelling good behaviour, so leading by example. Because if you want your child to not be on their phone at the dinner table, then you need to make sure that you are too not doing that sort of thing, not being on your phone then. If you don't want them doing it in bed, then don't do it in bed yourself. Uh, because although you may be doing something important rather than scrolling through social media, your child will only take it, you know, that the fact that you're on your phone all the time when they're told not to. So model the correct behaviour you wish to see your child follow. Now, if you feel like your child may be getting bullied on social media or using it in a negative way, you need to have an open conversation with them about their usage. You need to set expectations. Um, don't just give them a solid no because this will deter them more to rebel against you and your word. So if you'd like to have a read of Bailey's quick guide to have a talk uh, online, you can find it in the link in the show notes. She's got some really great advice for parents to have that talk about digital media. Well, that's another show wrapped up. Thank you so much, Bailey, uh, for all your amazing insights today. It's always wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, remember, any important links can be found in the show notes and you can play all of our episodes on our website at packmag.com.au slash podcast. A big thank you to everyone who's made the show possible. Until next time, parents, happy parenting and don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.